0: Dawning now because it's time for bed it's time to put the garden to bed and today i'm going to talk about different things that we should be doing could be doing to help our garden make it through the winter as best as possible some things for protecting things we might be planting ways to clean up a couple of tips like painting the handles of some of your hand tools and getting things sharpened and ready for spring so stay with me i'll be right back Clem's Song Sparrow Farm and Nursery grows extraordinary herbaceous perennials, uncommon trees and shrubs, and a selection of luxurious peonies. Song Sparrow Nursery is a proud underwriter of Kendrew's Real Dirt. SongSparrow.com. S-O-N-G-S-P-A-R-R-O-W.com. Hello again and welcome. It's Ken Drew's and you're listening to Ken Drew's Real Dirt, The Garden Show. I'm happy to be here. It's a A cool morning, 32 degrees, freezing. We've had a couple of frosts. I wouldn't say terribly hard killing frosts, but uh, things have changed. There are still some flowers. There are actually still some roses. It's another strange year. I remember two years ago we had a killing frost on September 15th. And this year it is uh, November and we haven't really had a deadly hard frost it's funny you can have freezing temperatures and not have a frost. Frost really is frozen dew, and it falls. That's why sometimes things that are under cover or uh, under a porch, for example, aren't, aren't hurt by frost because it doesn't reach them, it doesn't fall on them. But frost certainly can cause more damage, even at 36 degrees Fahrenheit, than freezing at 32 But a little bit under 32 for a couple of hours with no breeze, and uh, you definitely have got problems. This time of year, it is time to clean up the garden. And uh, I, I very often don't get to clean up all the things I want to clean up. And then in the spring, when everything's happening at the same time, it's so much worse but I, I I think, well, I should leave those things standing because they're kind of pretty. They're, some of the perennials that have seed heads look pretty good. And sometimes those seeds are, are food for birds, and I, I want to leave them standing, especially if they're native plants. I have some ornamental grasses, which, of course, I grow for their seed heads. And uh, some of them are miscanthus. And miscanthus is a potentially invasive plant. But here in the gully, where it's quite cool and the seasons are generally short, the seed on the miscanthus doesn't ripen. So I I figured that's safe because it's not going to sprout. The the flowers are just beginning to come out. Then again, this year, with incredibly hot temperatures and high temperatures in a very, very long season, we had 90 degrees in March. And then that was followed by the hottest summer on record. I got a little concerned. I got concerned that some of those miscanthus grasses would ripen their seeds. And I could be contributing to a problem of it's in lawn. So if the seeds come up, just if they fall where the plants are and come up, they're going to be just mowed. But uh, I've looked at them very carefully and the seeds have not developed. So interesting. I guess it just isn't. Isn't bright enough? Isn't sunny enough where they are? I do have to stake them. Maybe that's part of it, but they have not gone to seed. But uh, someday they will go. Someday I'll have to remove them. I I think I'm going to clean up a little bit more than I usually do because I I do want to have less of that horrifying crunch in the spring of dragging huge bundles of cutback perennials and the bodies of annuals. So I'm I am gonna clean up and I thought I'd just go through a few of the things that we can do to prepare for the winter. A little cleanup putting the garden to bed is what we usually call it. If they're annuals and they've been bitten by frost, if they are disease free, if you don't see mildew on them or some kind of black gunk, uh, you can put them on the compost, you can compost them, but if they're diseased, throw them in the trash. You don't want to contribute that to the compost and have overwintering spores of fungi. You know, I don't always think about it, but sometimes I leave the plant marker from the annual in the bed, and that doesn't make any sense because the annual's gone. I always say, oh, I want to remember that. Well, don't. Just pick up those plant labels, keep them together, maybe put them in a jar in the potting shed or in the basement so you can remember some of the things that you may not have written down in your journal, which we're all supposed to do. But uh, get them out of the beds because it's just confusing and you, you need all that space. You might want to also remove the markers of the dead plants. We don't talk about dead plants so often, but uh, listen, you're you're not the only one whose plants die My plants die when I think of the thousands and really literally thousands of plants that are allegedly perennial, mostly herbaceous perennials that just haven't made it through the winter, have not returned. Maybe they were nice for one or two years and they're gone. Well, now I've got these little plastic, uh, they look like mouse tombstones and I want to remove those grave markers, also put them in another jar, maybe even just erase their pencil labels and ones I've labeled myself and and recycle them, of course, until they become too brittle from ultraviolet light, which does happen. Now, some of the so-called annuals that are in the garden are are actually tender perennials. Um, Plants like dusty miller, in some places pansies, if you live in the south, of course pansies are looking great now, and they're going to look good again in March. Snapdragons, too, those are perennial. So you might want to try mulching them. Cut them back a little bit and mulch them with a loose mulch, maybe some pine trimmings, pine boughs. You want to shade the soil most of a ball, and some of those are going to overwinter and come back. Now, some of those annuals, or so-called annuals, are, are houseplants geraniums, begonias, impatiens too. So you can take cuttings if they haven't been killed by frost. You can take some cuttings and root them indoors to have those plants again in next year's garden. You've probably lifted some of the tuberous plants, like tuberous begonias, uh, and the, the callas I leave in their pots, but I let the soil dry out completely and move them into the basement where it's about 55 degrees and keep them dry. But other things like dahlias and cannas and gladioli, they can take a frost. They don't want to go down below about 30 degrees soil temperature, but the soil is not as, as cold as the air at this time of year. So once the frost has blackened the the leaves and the stems above ground, it's time to dig them up and store them over winter. If you've got some green tomatoes left on the plants on your tomato plants and I know you do (laughs) and they can go through quite they can go to 32 degrees really and still be usable those green tomatoes you can ripen them indoors but I I think it's just as good to use them if they're big enough you can make fried green tomatoes Uh, you can make tomato relish you can pickle those green tomatoes but I'm going to be making some green tomato chutney this year with raisins and cloves and vinegar and sugar. Lots of sugar. And uh, try a couple different recipes for chutney. I love chutney, and I think that green tomato chutney will be perfect. Now the perennials. You do want to cut back the perennials, uh, really kind of to clean things up. And uh, as I said before, I leave some up if they're decorative, like those espresso brown buttons on the black-eyed Susans, I'd leave those standing because they are pretty. I leave things that the birds like to come and eat, like uh, sunflowers, for example. But a lot of things I just want to clean up this year. I, I I do find that leaving the plants, unless they're diseased, it does act as a kind of loose mulch, but it's, it's so untidy that I have so much to do in the spring. So this time I'm going to cut them back remove them and if they're not diseased they'll go in the compost pile and uh, I'm going to mulch a little bit and I'm not going to mulch with like chopped bark or anything but I'll use the a couple of mulches that I use almost every year which is shredded leaves I just take the bagging lawn mower and mow the lawn but I mow the leaves on a dry day when the leaves are kind of crisp and uh, I'll take those bagged leaves and I'll spread them on the soil and that'll ultimately be incorporated into the soil but I also want to take some clippings from other shrubs and when I do cut back some of the pines and uh, or maybe if I cut pines for for holiday decorations cuz January is a fine time to do this cuz the object is not to keep the soil warm which some people think with mulching it's to keep it evenly evenly tempered you want to keep it from freezing and thawing so shading the soil is what you really want to do and that's why i think those loose mulches are so good because when the ground freezes and thaws there's something we call frost heave and perennials can be thrust right out of the ground and sometimes i know it sounds incredible but sometimes i find things like well a piece of ajuga or something some shallow rooted little plant i'll find it three or four feet away from where I planted it. I don't know how it happens. Maybe it gets loose and some critter takes it, but these plants seem to be thrust out of the ground. I need some year-round surveillance, some video cameras aimed at the soil where plants tend to push right out of the ground and be tossed across the garden and see exactly what's going on. When I first came to the garden, of course, I was planting young trees and shrubs, And there was a lot of damage in the early days to the young trees. Well, there was damage from sun scald and there was damage from critters. And mulching uh, the bottom of a tree or even when there's snow on the bottom of a young tree, that can be a problem because things like mice get in there and and tend to eat the bark. And if they circle the bark completely, they'll kill the tree. And it, it does happen. For a while, I was wrapping the bottom of the trees with tree wrap, that sort of crepe-papery kind of substance product. It comes on a roll, and it's stretchy, and that's fine. It doesn't keep the critters away so much, but it does help with the sun scald. And then I got the idea of using those foam insulators for hot water and cold water pipes that you use in the basement, and especially on the cold on the hot water for your heating systems if you have a hot water system. And I got some of those... Those collars, those round plastic foam pipes, and uh, they're split on one side, and they are made to go around pipes, but they go around trees very well, too. And that was great. That kept the critters away, and it kept the sun from scalding the sides of the trees, and it, it also protected from some wind damage, too. Well, I'll be back in just a moment for more things about putting the garden to bed for winter. Stay with me. Clem's Song Sparrow Farm and Nursery grows extraordinary herbaceous perennials, uncommon trees and shrubs, and a selection of luxurious peonies. Song Sparrow Nursery is a proud underwriter of Kendrew's Real Dirt. SongSparrow.com S-O-N-G S-P-A-R-R-O-W Dot com Hello and thank you for staying with me. It's Kendrew's and you're listening to Kendrew's Real Dirt, the garden show. And today I'm talking about Cleanup. I'm talking about getting the garden ready for spring in winter, in fall I should say, and uh, putting the garden to bed, getting things prepared for a nice long quiet winter so we can pay attention to some other things. I hope you've gotten all your bulbs in the ground by now. Of course I haven't just like you, probably. Uh, We're supposed to plant daffodils in September, but I'll tell you, I've planted daffodils even as late as January, and they have come up and bloomed, and I know they don't like it. It's not so good for them, but it does work. And I I actually moved some daffodils. I had to divide them, and they're still in a bucket. And maybe the best thing to do is just, well, one thing, is figure out where I'm going to put them, but maybe even dig a hole so that... uh, If you don't have time to put those daffodils in right away, at least you'll have that hole dug in case uh, you're planting them in January. Or in case you find some for sale, which happens now, all all the bulb suppliers have sales. And if you see some nice firm daffodils for sale, or if you get the mail order from Old House Gardens or Brent and Becky's Bulbs, Uh, who are having they're all having their sales now you can get those even those daffodils and you can pop them into holes pretty deep like eight inches or so deep and cover them up with a a bucket of soil you've kept in a little warmer place and uh, they'll bloom for you most of them will bloom for you now evergreens evergreens are can be a problem and uh, it's still time to plant things like evergreens, especially really hardy ones. But uh, unlike the deciduous trees, which are wonderful to plant now, even into December, especially if you've already dug the hole, the evergreens, they still have leaves. They have needle leaves. And, <clears throat> and the broadleaf evergreens, like rhododendrons, have wide leaves. And you really have to help keep the moisture in those leaves and needles Over winter. And there's no way that those plants can get moisture out of the soil, especially when it's frozen. So we've got things like sunlight, bright sunlight in the winter, no tree leaves to filter the sun, and we've got desiccating winds. And if it doesn't kill the plants, it's going to make them look pretty bad. It's going to burn them. Especially if you do plant a plant like Mahonia, where it gets winter sun, it's going to burn. And you might even lose the flowers, which usually bloom in March. Well, the one thing you can really do is to use an anti-desiccant, something like wilt-proof. And you have to spray this product, which is a natural product. You spray it on the evergreens covering the top and the bottom of the needles and leaves um, on a day that's over 40 degrees. And we've got plenty of those coming. So if you're going to plant an evergreen tree or an evergreen shrub at this time of year, Do use the anti-desiccant and plan to reapply it on maybe on a warm day in January if we have one. As long as it's over 40 degrees, spray the top and the bottom again. It really works. It really helps. And you might also want to use some deer repellent. And if you're going to use a deer repellent on an evergreen that you know is a favorite of those critters, be sure to select one that works in the winter. There are deer repellent sprays that work by taste. A deer, if a deer samples a piece of a, of a shrub, it won't like it and it won't, it won't eat it again. And there's some that work by odor, but some of those don't work in the winter because it's too cold for the animals to, to smell them. But there are a few products out there that do work through the winter, and one of our favorites on the show is called Plant Skid. Uh, P-L-A-N-T-S-K-Y-D-D, a a terrible name. It's a Swedish name. Uh, This product was developed for the forestry industry in Sweden, and it is guaranteed for the summer and fall and winter and spring. And I think you'll have to apply it more than once through the the season, probably also on a a day that's above 40 degrees, because we don't want to have frozen water on any of our evergreens. But it, it does work it will help and it's something that you should really plan to do because you've put in these expensive plants and you want them to be to be healthful healthy and to be around if you're planting rhododendrons now you're you're really asking for for quite a bit of uh well potential trouble but do use the anti desiccant spray Rhododendrons are very shallow-rooted, and they're incredibly easy to move, and they often respond to that very well. But you want to water them in well, really water them, and then I I do recommend a mulch. Mulching, well, mulch all those evergreens, but especially the shallow-rooted ones like the rhododendron. And since that's an acid-loving plant, one of the best mulches you can use are pine needles. Now, no mulch should touch the stem of any plant. You want to create a kind of a well So you make a a big mulch, but now they call that bad kind of mulching, volcano mulching. But if you really make a dip in the center like a volcano and don't let the mulch touch the stem, you're going to do pretty well. And you can use as much as two or three inches of pine needles if you have access to them. Oak leaves. Oak leaves are great because they're also acidic, and they don't uh, get mushy and break down. They stay curled and crisp, so they trap a lot of air in those spaces, and that's a wonderful mulch to use for things like rhododendrons and other acid-loving plants. Um, You want to top dress around perennials, and you can use any kind of organic material. After the ground freezes, you can spread a little bit of compost around. Uh, do use those shredded leaves you collected with your lawnmower. If you if you have the time, it might be a good time to prepare a new bed, a new garden bed. If you want to make a garden bed in an area of lawn, it's a great time to do it. It won't be very pretty, but you can lay down a layer of corrugated cardboard. Try to cover the entire space that you want the new garden bed to be next spring. Put down a layer of corrugated cardboard, spray it with the hose, and cover it completely with mulch or soil or chopped leaves or any kind of mulch you can get your hands on, or compost or even compost mixed with manure. But don't let any of that cardboard show even at the edges because it acts like a wick and just takes the moisture out. But that will kill the grass over the winter. And then in the spring you can either punch holes in that for planting or you can turn the whole thing over and that's of course the best thing to do is to dig it under or as some people do, they double dig. And if you're making a vegetable gar- a new vegetable garden you do want to double dig and you want to incorporate as much compost and age rotted manure as you possibly can and really make that a delicious new planting bed. And with the frost heaves and the thawing and the freezing, uh, that will help incorporate these amendments into the soil, and you'll have less work to do, but also there'll be a better job of mixing things up, and nature will help you do that. Well, there's some general things that we want to do. We want to put away the furniture. Ken, I put away the the pads already, the, the seat cushions because uh, that's something you definitely don't want to leave out over winter. I put them in some plastic bags and put them in plastic containers and anything I can get my hands on where they'll stay dry and clean and not get mold, which is my problem here in this humid gully in the valley. You want to put, a, put away pots uh, and hanging baskets and clay pots. Clay pots... If clay pots are wet or if they're filled with soil, they're going to break, unless they're really expensive, high-fired, high-iron content terracotta pots. But any ceramic pots, any glaze pots, put them inside. Keep them dry and don't let them get below freezing. Now you want to drain all your hoses and roll up your hoses when you're done and turn off the outside water sources. Is that something that you forget to do? I, I uh, You know, I'm talking to you today. It was 32 degrees today, and I haven't turned off the water. So I'm going to do that right after I record the show because I, w- I don't want to break any plumbing lines. So today I'm going to bleed those lines. I'll turn off the water, open the lines so any water can get out, and uh, keep it from freezing. Uh, if you have some window boxes that are permanent, that are attached to your house, clean those up too and plan for Christmas and holiday decorations. Plan to cut some buried plants to stick there. You might even be able to get some, some decorative ornamental kale and stick that in. And, uh, you know, closer to the holidays, you can put some, some other things in there, like some Christmas tree balls or something attractive. I'm trying to think of attractive things. But evergreen boughs are just fine. Great. Uh, now, as far as your tools, boy... I have already been doing this for a change. Uh, I've cleaned the lawnmower. I've cleaned the lawnmower blades. Uh, I'm, I've put a, a tarp over it for the winter because it has to stay. It's in a covered area, but it does stay outdoors. The clippers, I'm cleaning the clippers. I'm sharpening some of the clippers, and I'm oiling them. I'm oiling the, the pruners. I'm oiling the, the, the edging tools. I'm oiling the hedge pruners. And uh, I've even oiled my spades. I clean off all the soil and then I just put a little bit of oil with a rag on those blades because the, the spade tends to rust and the garden fork and it's great to have them overwinter in the same condition they they were in the fall. So I've, I've sharpened some of those. Uh, sometimes you can take those to a professional for sharpening the hedge Clippers, for example, and lawnmower blades. It's great to get your lawnmower all ready for spring because you know if you wait until next spring, uh, everybody brings in their lawnmower for sharpening and for for cleaning and for a tune-up and for an oil change, and you can you can do that over the winter. Just plan for that. If if you had. If you, like me, have all these different tools that you put into one place, maybe a bucket, which is what I I have for a lot of my weeding tools, they all look the same. They usually have wooden handles. And so many times I leave them in the garden, I can't find them. Well, maybe sometime this winter you might want to paint some of those handles. They won't be pretty if they're orange or red in the garden, but you're certainly going to find them. And do harvest seeds. Keep up with harvesting seeds. If there's things that you can grow new plants from, go around the garden, dry seed pods. You can cut them and put them into a paper bag. They'll even continue to ripen. Buried plants, you want to bring them in. You have to clean off the fruit and store them dry in the refrigerator. But I think maybe we'll do a show on on harvesting your own seeds and starting your own plants from seed collected from your garden. And please join me next week for another edition of Kendrew's Real Dirt, The Garden Show.